Come on, if you have your Bibles, just remain standing for two more seconds. Two more minutes, I promise you can sit down. I only got two verses to read to you. John chapter 16. So if you have your Bibles, or you definitely have a smart device that you can open your Bible app. If you don't have one, the Lord rebuke you. It's a joke, but not everybody laughed. Cool. Sounded better in my mind. Happens, it happens. John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7. And this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to his disciples. And this is what he says. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I leave. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit to fill us, to help us, to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. To separate us as a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that your Holy Spirit marks us and seals us. Letting the darkness know. They will not have victory. You've already had it in our lives. I thank you for that this morning, Lord. Soften our hearts to receive what you want to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, before you're seated, hug three people and tell them this. Say, the shift is here. Tell them, say, the shift is here. Get it right. The shift is here. Come on, I don't even got to put a timer on today. We're going to do like three hours of preaching. I'm just saying, typically I got like a 40-minute time slot, and that's all I got. But today, man, we're out in the open field. We got all day in Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My wife would tell me, nobody wants to hear you talk that long. That's what she tells me. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, CWC. How y'all doing today? Come on, if you're good, shout, I'm good. Yeah, let's let the neighbors hear it and feel it. I'm telling you, man, I was praying and believing God this morning on my way in, just engaging with him after we just spent since six in the morning setting up and then drove home quick to shower and come back. But praying on the way in that God, as we worship you, that not only the people in the tent feel your power and your presence, the people that chose to be here, but even the people that haven't chose to be here that's in these houses that didn't ask for this, (laughs) that didn't ask for this at all. I pray your power would fill them today. I pray that your presence would touch them, that your love would overwhelm them. There's so many times in scriptures where people weren't seeking Jesus. Jesus came to them. Amen. How many of you are grateful Jesus came after you? I know I'm grateful. And he came to me and he, and he sought me out and then he bought me. Come on. He sought me and I'm just kidding. And he bought me with his right now. Well, good morning. Hey, listen, if you are a first time guest with us, man, we want to welcome you and say hello. We're so happy that you're here. It's hard to keep track of first time guests when there's not a 
you know, single area for you to walk in for our servant leaders to grab a hold of you. Listen, if you didn't get a guest uh, gift bag on your way in, please stop at that big blue thing out there called Connect Central and grab your gift. We got something for you just to show you. We love you, appreciate you, and God has amazing plans for your life. Amen. 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 Well, awesome. So look, I've had several people ask me, why are you doing an outdoor service? Right? Um, and there is a reason for it beyond the reason that it was just fun and different to do. Because to be honest with you, I really don't need the extra work to do. And it's a ton of work that went into doing this today. And, and by the way, man, all the, all the guys and, and ladies who, who helped here that's in this room, stand up for me or in this tent. Stand up, just real quick. Stand up, stand up. All of you, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand. There's more than that. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up, bub, stand up, stand up. Dima, stand up, stand up, stand up. Awesome. Man, they helped. Man, we put them to work. We put them to work when they came. And man, they, they carried the load and they did such a good job. Without them, this, this wouldn't have happened. But, but there is a reason that we, that we did this. And, and the reason is, is because we believe that God said it. We, we really do. We believe without a shadow of a doubt. The Lord told us to do it. And and listen, I'm not one to throw that around a ton. Like, well, God told me just to get my, you know, my agenda across. I, I just don't do that because I know what the ramifications that come when we tag God to our desires. It's, it's pretty scary, actually. We, we shouldn't do that. But, but we really believe that God said it. Matter of fact, my wife came to me several weeks back and she says, hey, honey, I believe we are to do an outdoor service. To which I replied, well, the Lord didn't tell me that. To which she replied, he just did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you. And it was like with authority, you feel me? She was like, well, he just did, dude. You know what I mean? Husbands say amen. When the wife speaks, the Lord is speaking. So, But anyway, as we're having this friendly banter back and forth, her and I, um, I was actually getting ready. I was in the middle of getting ready for a prayer meeting to meet a couple, couple of our intercessors to, you know, seek God and to, to go after him in the place of prayer. And, and when I show up to the prayer meeting, one of the guys who I trust tremendously comes up to me and he says, hey, Keith, I had a dream. How many can you guess what the dream was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the dream was. I had a dream that God, you know, we had a tent service outdoor and people came in and the presence of God fell and Man, it's a prophetic dream. I know it was from the Lord. I, I could testify in my spirit that it was God. It just wasn't something that I ate the night before that gave me a weird dream. Like it, it was a prophetic dream. And, and so right then, man, I was like, okay, Lord, okay, you've got my attention. Uh, we'll do it. And I, I went home and I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, you were right. <laughs> yeah, it was, was the Lord. Now she's not as spiritual as me. So she, <laughs> so she says to me, she said, well, I told you so. Yeah. Matter of fact, she said it like this. She said, well, see, you had to go and get another opinion. You couldn't just take mine, is what she said. I said, well, you know, on the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let it be so. Not on one. And I'll throw Bible scriptures at her all day. But anyway, so that's why we're here, man. We believe that God called us to do these outdoor services. And we've got two right now scheduled. I, that's all the two that I felt like he... He told us to do one today and then one on July 4th, which will be a baptism service, which we're really, really excited about. So listen, 4th of July, celebrating the freedom of our country, independence of our, our great country that we live in. We love our country and we, we want to celebrate that and, and pray for our country and, and you know, uh, 
be very grateful for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country, but at the same time, symbolically, the freedom from sin is a whole lot better freedom than anything else we could ever think of. I mean, we have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have eternity in him. Eternal life is what the Bible says, and so, man, we're going to celebrate that with the baptism on July 4th, so if you haven't been baptized, please take the opportunity uh, to do that, Um, but you know, something that I really believe for the church right now is we're walking in to a season of promise, Um, specifically the promise of Joel chapter two, specifically that I'm I'm telling you, this is why these dreams and these visions are coming to pass. See in Joel chapter two, starting in verse 20, 28, it says this, it starts out and it says, it will come about after this. It will come about after this, after what? What will previously in Joel 2, he lays it out after what? He says, after the people of God go after God with all their heart. When their hearts turn to him, when the people are praying and fasting and contending for God to send his presence. After the people of God do that. After, after this, it will come about after, after this. And I'm telling you, man, listen, the church, there are many of us in the church that's been doing this for years in years, praying, fasting, contending with God for a great outpouring of his Holy Spirit, a great outpouring of the power of God upon the people, on the people of God. And so, man, this is what I feel like that we're walking into because there's many of us praying and contending with heaven that heaven would invade earth in Jesus' name. And so because this is happening, this is what's taking place in churches all across the world. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. This is the promise. And I'm telling you, we're headed, we're headed into this promise in Jesus name. Man, I've talked to so many men and women of God and I've heard so many testimonies of how God is touching their life right now how the Holy Spirit is filling them right now, where they are, are, are having the, the spirit of prophecy released over their lives, right? They're operating in the gifts, the words of wisdom and the words of knowledge and, and, and faith is increasing and, and tongues and interpretation and, and a heavenly language. These things are coming forth in the time we're walking into because it's a promised season for the church. Man, people who turn to God with all their heart will experience these types of things. And listen, man, it is really exciting to be in the body of Christ right now. I'm telling you, come on, tell your neighbor, say, get excited, get excited, get excited. Yeah, prophesy over them, get excited, declare it. It's an exciting time, man. It's a really exciting time. However, however, look, because God is bringing his promises to pass, he spoke it, it will come to pass. If God says it, you can take it to the bank. Because it's in its word, it's going to come to pass. But because God is bringing his promises to pass, the enemy is ramping up his attacks. And man, we must be aware of it. And not that we fear it, not that we even have anxiety over it, or that we spend much time even talking about it. Because he's under our feet. It's not as if like God is having trouble overcoming the enemy. He's already defeated Okay, so he, he's already done. However, it is very important for us to be aware of it because if you aren't aware of the attacks that are coming and it catches you off guard, then it'll mess you up. But man, if you're aware of it. And see, the, the enemy is ramping up his tax specifically to try to divide the body. 
And he'll use everything at his disposal to try to divide us. Everything. He will use religion. He will use personal preferences. We all have them. We all have personal preferences. He'll, he'll use those so that we divide away from other people in the body. But the attack that the enemy loves to use the very most to divide us is what God used to do. What God used to do, hear me. The biggest hindrance to the new move of God is the old move of God. Every single time. And it isn't God doing that, so it has to be the enemy doing it. It has to be. This is one of the enemy's most strategic weapons that he has against the church, trying to divide the church. He uses what God used to do against what God is currently doing. I'm telling you. He did it in the time of Moses. He did it in the time of David. He did it in the time of Elijah. He did it even in the time of Jesus when God himself showed up on the earth. He did it in that time. And so we've got to be prayed up. We've got to be read up and not the, the, the people's magazine, okay? Read up in your word and built up by the spirit of God so that he can't come in and divide the body of Christ. We can't let the enemy divide us. We can't allow him to use what God used to do to keep us from experiencing what God is currently doing because God is moving. He's moving right now. You know, it's funny, about six weeks ago, about six weeks ago, the, the Lord said to me this. It was very, very clear. I mean, it was so loud. It was almost a verbal word in my heart. And I've shared this with you guys a couple of times, but I'm going to share it again. But the Lord said to me, he said, there's a shift coming. There's a shift about to happen in the church. And I knew in my spirit what he meant by it. He was saying to me that church was going to look different. Church was going to sound different. People were even going to act a little different in church. And then that's when he began to tell me to preach on the Holy Spirit. That's when I started preaching. It was two weeks later. God shared that with me. There's a shift coming. Starts revealing these things to my heart and then tells me preach on the Holy Spirit. And so three weeks ago, that's what we did. We, we started down this path of the Holy Spirit, taking this road towards the Holy Spirit. And we, we opened it up talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Talking about all of us walking in the power of God. See, th this is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's what we talked about two weeks ago, being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, actually, that was three weeks ago. Two weeks ago, um, we, we talked about one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talked about speaking in tongues, about praying in the Holy Spirit, about having a heavenly language. And we talked about how we need to desire this gift, but this gift is not a demand, but it should be a desire of ours. Because when we receive a heavenly language, what we are able to do at that point is to pray God's perfect and pleasing and acceptable will over our lives and the lives of those around us. That's, that's what a prayer language allows us to do, our human minds and how we pray with understanding. See, the problem is that, that, that the depths of God, no man can fathom the understanding that God has. No man can. So our natural mind, as much as we may understand of God, still can't fully understand him. So the spirit intercedes on behalf of us 
to bring about understanding in our families and in our, our lives. And this is what our heavenly language allows us to do. And if you remember, I said this, that it's the, it's the one topic that will cause division in a church so quick, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible, but, but, it, but it makes sense. It makes sense because the very thing that God sent on the day of Pentecost to unite the church would be the very thing that the enemy would use to divide the church. He always perverts what God is trying to use for power. That's what he does. So it, so it makes absolute, absolute sense that this is what he's doing. And, and I believe that God's been warning us about this, about this shift, warning us, telling us not to allow the enemy to divide us, no matter how uncomfortable it may become, no matter how weird some of it may seem. Now, listen, listen, am I saying that we have to be weird to move in the Holy Ghost? No, no. I tell my wife all the time, I don't do weird. Like, don't do weird right now. I can't do it, right? So like, I'm not saying we've got to be weird for the Holy Spirit to fall on us. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is though, sometimes when he shows up, it gets a little weird. I'm telling you, it gets a little weird. People praying in a language we cannot understand, worshiping in a language we cannot understand. It seems a little weird. It just does. People crying and dancing, being touched by the power of God and shouting and really excited can seem, can seem a little weird. But to be really honest with you, there is a lot about the God we serve that's a little weird. I mean, I'll just say it. It seems a little weird to me. I mean, I want you to think, think about this just for a moment. And no, I'm not blaspheming the Lord, okay? Think about it, though. We believe and receive that a teenage girl who never did what you have to do in order to get pregnant, she never did that, gets pregnant, then gives birth to God himself. Just think about it. Fully God, fully man. This is what we believe. Well, maybe some of you don't think that's weird. I think it's weird. I'm like, what do you mean? That can't, that can't even happen, but we believe it and receive it with gladness in our hearts. This is what we do. Why? So these things seem a little weird. And I'm, I'm not even going to mention John the Baptist to you. Lord, have mercy. I mean, I mean, this man in the wilderness ate wild honey and locusts. Matter of fact, man, he'd be so excited for this place. I mean, the cicadas are coming in, boy. He'd be like, feast, right? Like, yeah, golden corral type style, you know. I mean, the dude walked around in camel hair. I don't even know what that is, but it seems weird, right? Like, man, there's a lot that, that our God does that may seem a little weird. But it's interesting because even about John the Baptist, right? We may say he's weird, but God said he's the greatest man ever to be born of woman, ever. Ever to walk the planet, Elijah, Elisha, Moses, all of them. He said he is greater than all of them. Wow. What we call weird, God calls great. This, this is where the separation and the disconnect begins to happen. Our perception of weird versus God's decision of pouring out his greatness can be off. And, and you, know, I, I, you know, I say this all the time, right? We, we, we cannot disregard or despise something that is from God because it seems a little weird. We can't afford to do that. We can't afford that. Now, now, now hear me though, hear me. We will be a church who will operate decent and in order. We will be that because the Bible says that our God is a God of order. He does it all orderly. 
So, so, so we'll be an orderly church, but at the same time, be a gracious church, excited church. What, what's, what's God going to do in our midst? You know, something that Pastor Jim tells me that, that really impacts, impacted my life years ago. He said, Keith, listen to me. He said, you tolerate moments, but you teach habits. Tolerate moments, but we teach habits. So man, we're gonna desire all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna ask him to come and do whatever he wants to do. And it's gonna get a little messy. And it may get a little weird. And so the Lord told me, he told me clearly, he said, man, there is a shift coming in your church and it's gonna get messy. And so today, man, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about the, the shift the rest of our time together. We're gonna to talk about the shift and how we handle that shift with the message titled, are you guys ready for this? When the shift hits the fan. <laughs> figured you would like that. We figured you would like that. The team was like, Pastor, don't mess that up. <laughs> You'll be on worship fails. <laughs> I was like, no, I won't. <clears throat> In Jesus' name, right? When the shift hits the fan. Now, the Lord gave me this message a couple weeks back because he knew that some people would be really excited about the shift. They've been waiting for it. They've been praying for it. They've been contending with God for it for years upon years for the spirit of God to be poured out in a real, real way, in a real way. But he also knew that some would struggle in our body, in our church, in our family with the shift that's coming. They'd struggle with it while others... Well, actually, it will separate them from us. This is what God knew. And no matter where we land on that spectrum, wherever we are on that spectrum, this is the truth. The Lord wants you to experience it. He wants you to hear about it because he wants to give you the choice whether you're going to receive it or reject it. It's your choice at that point. Once God reveals it, now it's your choice. What are you going to do with it? You're going to be open to believe and receive See, the enemy's hoping you don't believe it and receive it. He, he, he's hoping to, to divide us over it. That's what he's hoping to do. But the Lord's gonna reveal it so we have a decision to make in the midst of it. What are we gonna do with the shift? How are we gonna respond in our own hearts? In our text today in John chapter 16, right? what we see there is Jesus warning his disciples about the shift that is coming and it's about to hit the fan on these dudes. I'm telling you, man, it's about to go down for real on the disciples. Everything that they had grown accustomed to in their life over the past three years was about to come to a screeching halt every day, every moment, every hour. They were, they were with their king. They were with their rabbi. They were, they were with him all the time. Everything that they enjoyed, everything that they had grown to love was about to be taken from them in one swift moment gone. And so Jesus in John chapter 16, he's warning them that this is getting ready to happen, just like he's, he's been warning us. It's coming. And Jesus, he opens up John chapter 16 before we read. He opens up by, by simply saying this. He, in a very simple, simple way, he says, the enemy will use religion to create division. This is what he's about to do. He's warning his disciples. He says, some people, they're going to ban you from the church while others are trying to, they're going to try to kill you. And they're going to do it all in the name of God. They're gonna think that they're attacking you on behalf of God himself because you're doing things differently than they ever done them. 
And hear me, there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. If they dealt with it, we're going to deal with it. This is the same thing the enemy's trying to do, do to us. There are entire groups of Christians over here and groups of Christians over here, which shouldn't be. We should all be right here, but, but there are. There's, there's groups of Christians, and these groups of Christians over here will, will attack these group of Christians because these Christians don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but these Christians do. And so they're attacking them because they look a little crazy. They seem a little weird. They seem a little out there, and they're doing it all in the name of God, of doctrine and God, and they will throw this stuff out, attacking other Christians over it. You know, it's funny. I've, I've been in some really weird and wild church services in my life. Really wild, wild stuff. And, and, and it's funny because I'll have people come up to me and actually say, man, pastor, your, your guys' services are a little wild. <laughs> to which I'll, let, I'll like raise one eyebrow like, huh? Because I, I don't see it. You know what I mean? I'm like, you haven't seen weird is what I want to say. I thought about giving you some examples of things I've seen in church services, but I'll refrain. Uh, but I will say it like this. I'll say it like this. Some of the services I've been in makes ours look really subdued. Like we are not even, we're not even touching the hem of his garment. Like, I mean, the way that, that church goes down for, for them. Matter of fact, I remember one time I was in Toronto, Canada at a conference, okay? And I'm gonna be really, really open and honest with you. I was super offended by what was happening in the room. I love Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, I, I desire to have him, but how they were doing church offended me. And I was really upset by it. And I, was, I would say I was talking to God, but more like I was yelling at him, to be honest. I was like, really, Lord? This cannot be you. Like, there, there's no way. This is way too weird. And there's no way I will ever act like that, God. This is literally what I'm telling God. I, I, can't, I, can't, I cannot do that, Lord. What, what, are you, what are you trying to do to me? And the Lord reminded me of Acts chapter 5, Gamaliel. So in Acts chapter 5, what's happened is, is the Sanhedrin, a bunch of Pharisees, come together and they're trying to kill the disciples. Gamaliel was one of the Pharisees. And see, these other Pharisees wanted to kill these Pharisees. These Christians wanted to attack these Christians because these Christians were doing things a little weird. I mean, I mean the, the shift was hitting the fan in their entire city. I mean, they were flipping the city upside down, man. And, and, and these, these Christians were upset by it. And they're like, no, 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 we can't have it. And so they're like, we'll, we'll, we'll kill them over it. Let's just kill them. And then we can get rid of them. And Gamaliel, he, he said this. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, if what they are doing, if what these disciples of Jesus are doing is of man, it will fail. But if what they are doing is of God, then you will find yourself opposing God. And I'm telling you right then, I knew what the Lord was telling me. I knew he was telling me, be gracious to the body of Christ. Don't be quick to judge other people's worship and excitement. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know where God's brought them from. You've got no idea what you're even talking about, dude. Shut up, right? And so I had to repent right there in that moment. I had to repent right there. And I was like, I was like Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I would, I would do such a thing. And I said, Lord, help me. I had to pray, help me. Help me, Lord, not to get offended by it. Help me to not get upset by how they're acting. Help, help me, Lord, to... To, to be more gracious in the way that I'm perceiving how they're, they're acting. Even if I don't like it, even if I wouldn't myself perhaps act like that because my personality maybe just didn't lend, my, lend itself to it, whatever, however we want to characterize it. Lord, help me not to come against others and their, the way they go after you. Help me to be gracious to them. Help me to encourage them and help me to seek you the way, I, the way you want me to seek you, not the way I want to seek you. And what I've, what I've learned through that whole experience was, was very simply, 
If what people are doing is in the flesh or out of the flesh, it won't last. It won't last. If what they're doing is fleshly, it won't last. But if what they are doing is of God and we oppose it, we shut it down, we get angry about it, all of a sudden we found ourselves opposing God, standing in front of someone else's worship of God. And man, that's a, that's a tough place to be. And so, man, we just gotta be a people who are gracious, excited. Okay, Lord, help me to understand this shift that is, that is coming. See, this is what Jesus is talking about in John 16. He's talking about the shift that's, that's getting ready to happen. And he says, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be different for you. It's all gonna look different. And it's gonna hit the fan. And in verse five, right, our main text where we picked up, this is what Jesus says. He says, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? I found this to boggle my mind, to be honest with you. Okay, so he just drops a bomb on them. Okay, I'm leaving you. You'll no longer have me. And they don't even ask, well, where are you going? So maybe that we could follow you. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, they don't, they don't say anything. Do you know how like when, when someone says something to you that you really don't want to talk about, you just ignore them? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, no, nah, they didn't say that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear that. You just kind of plug your ears, la, 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 like really loud. Like, like when someone wants to talk about something that you really just don't want to talk about because it's too hard to comprehend. You just can't handle what this conversation may entail. You don't like the way the, you know, the conversation is leading you. And so you just ignore them. You know what I mean, like get, talk to the hand type of thing. Yeah. This is the way I take this, this verse. Like you didn't even ask me where you are going because they're like, no stinking way you're leaving me. There's no way you can leave us, Lord. We don't want you to leave. So we're not even willing to have the conversation that you're leaving. I mean, this isn't, this isn't happening. Jesus, we, we, don't, we don't know what we would do without you. This is what's going through their, their mind. It has to be. So we're just going to ignore what you said altogether. It was a non-starter for them. It was a non-starter. Their conversation wasn't even sparked when he was telling them, even though he gave them the, probably the news that will, that will change their life the most in the present time that they're living in. And you know, I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how this is how a lot of Christians treat the person of the Holy Spirit. Like, like people are cool, Christians are cool to talk about God. Right? We're cool with that, right? Because God's good, God's love, God's faithful. Let's talk about God, that's great. Jesus, sure. Let's talk about him too because, you know, Jesus is the son of God. He's mercy and he's grace. And he came to, to give me a relationship and make me right with the father. Yeah, let's, let's have that conversation too. I like that. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, they're like, mm, yeah, I think that can go over there or somewhere. Like get that away from me. Because it's tough to understand him. See, we can't control him. When the Holy Spirit shows up, he does what he desires to do. And we just go along for the ride. Okay, Lord, where are you headed? What, what, what do you, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? See, people would rather just ignore him altogether. So for a lot of churches, the Holy Spirit's a non-starter. It, it doesn't even come up. He doesn't even come up. Holy Spirit doesn't even come up. And, and, and I think this, the, the reason why is because when the power of the Holy Spirit shows up and starts filling people, 
People again start acting a little crazy. People start dancing. People start crying. People start shouting. People start laughing. People start jumping. They start clapping at very inopportune times. You're like, that wasn't a good time to do that, but they do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because the power of God is on them. So because that's the truth, a lot of churches just don't even want to bring up the conversation of the Holy Spirit. They don't even bring it up. But thanks be to God, we're not going to be that type of church. We're going to speak and receive and believe the Holy Spirit. We're not going to ignore him. We're not going to. And we're going to have the conversation. And guess what? We are going to deal with the tension of him. Man, there's a tension when the person of the Holy Ghost shows up. And it starts pulling on us. It starts prodding us. Starts removing things that are within us. Mm. Starts convicting us concerning sin, the way we treat our wives, the way we treat our kids, the way we treat our husbands, the way we treat our coworkers, the way we treat our boss that we can't stand. This is what happens. John and Bree just clapped. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but we're going to have the conversation. We're going to deal with the tension of who he is. We're going to allow him to show up and do whatever it is he wants to do and take us on the road that he desires to take us on. And people will be filled with the power of God. And I'll prophesy right now that people will begin to speak in other tongues. People will begin to prophesy that people will begin to operate in the gift of healing. I believe that people are going to start having words of knowledge and, and words of wisdom and words of encouragement for people in the body to build up the body. This is what's going to start happening in Jesus' name. I believe it will come forth. But we're going to talk about him. I have to because without him, I'm lost. Without the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, I would literally be dead. I would still be addicted to drugs if it wasn't for the power of God that filled me and removed them from me. It is the only way that I can live or move or have my being is if the power of God rests in me. And you know, I said this to you a few weeks, weeks ago. If, if we don't have the person of the Holy Spirit, we won't make it through the days that we're about to have to walk through. As Christians, we won't make it. We will not make it without the power of God resting on our lives. Jesus is talking about the shift here. They don't want to talk about the shift because it's about to hit the fan and they're good. Then he goes on into verse six and seven. He says, but because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. And listen, I was thinking about that. And, and I declare today that grief has not filled your heart, but rather you're being filled with the gifts of God, with the power of God. I declare that today, that grief is not filling your heart because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are hard to comprehend and understand. I, I declare that grief is not filling your heart, but that rather you be filled with the power of God instead. Come on, tell your neighbor, get excited. Come on. There, there's going to be an excitement, amen, an expectation that begins to fill our hearts in Jesus' name. Then he goes on into verse seven and he says, but I, but I, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Tell your neighbor, it's your, to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go, that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's literally saying it's to your advantage that the shift is about to hit the fan. It's, it's to your advantage. Could you imagine what they are thinking right here in this moment? Because I can imagine it. I can imagine it. 
that they had to be thinking like, Jesus, what are you saying right now? It can't be to our advantage. How is it going to be profitable? Because that's what the, mean, the word means in Greek. Uh, symphonio is what it is in the Greek. And it literally means to be profitable. It's, it's profitable. It's to your advantage. It's profitable for you that I, that I leave. It, it can't be profitable for us, Lord. And they had to start thinking about all the things they've seen Jesus do. I mean, my goodness, Jesus, we watched you heal every single person that you ever touched and that ever touched you. Every single one. Every demon that came even close to you had to flee at your name. Like, Jesus, we, we literally seen you do all these things. One time we seen you grab a fish out of the stinking lake or sea or whatever, out of water, pull out the taxes because we owed taxes to Caesar and pull the money out of its mouth and pay the taxes. Like, we watched you take two small fish and five loaves of bread, feed over 5,000 people. Like, 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 Lord, I remember the one time when we were on the Sea of Galilee, the storm rose, a hurricane came against us, trying to capsize us. But you said, be still to the winds and the rains, and everything stopped. Even the wind and the rain obeyed your name. Jesus, without you, we will not make it. So you can't leave us, and it definitely isn't to our advantage that you go. It can't be better, better for us. But yet Jesus says, no, 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 it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. The old move of God will always be the greatest adversary to the new move of God. See, behold, God was doing a new thing, but the disciples were comfortable in the old thing. The old thing that God does will always hinder the new thing that God wants to do. Think about with Moses. Moses shows up into Egypt. He tells the people, hey, God wants to, to take you out of this captivity. A lot of them said no because they were comfortable there. They were, they were comfortable. See, a lot of times we get so used to the way that God has done something before that we don't want him to change it now, Right? Like, we're like, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. Dun, dun, dun. And I believe. We got sound effects. <laughs> we'll see you do it again. Right? We made a way when there was no way. See, we can sing and believe and believe that, that God will do it again. We can, we can do that. But typically, our problems begin when the thing that he does again looks differently than before. And we don't perceive that he's just doing it differently. A lot of times this is where we struggle with what God is doing because it looks different. We may be able to believe and receive that he will deliver us again. But if the deliverance looks different, then we have trouble with it. See, while we're busy looking for God to split the Red Sea for water to stand up right on its side like a wall on each side and us cross over in dry, dry land. Because that's how he did it before. But because that's not how he's doing it this time, we get anxious, we get frustrated, right? We find ourselves not trusting in him and we miss him in the midst of what he's trying to deliver us from. He's just doing it in a different way. We may be able to believe and receive that God will provide for us because after all, he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provideth for me. But while we're busy looking for manna to just drop out of heaven, because that's how he did it before, he just sent manna from heaven, we missed the brand new job opportunity that's right in front of us to provide for the needs of our family. Well, we missed that because we're looking for God to do it, do it the same way that he did it before. We will believe that God will move on us again, 
but because a lot of times we're so busy looking for him to touch us the same way that he touched us before, we end up missing the new way he is desiring to touch us. We miss it. The greatest hindrance to the new move of God will always be the old move of God. See, we've got to trust that the new is better for us. We've got to trust that the new is better. See, the disciples, they were comfortable. They were super comfortable in their life. They were good with the way that God was moving in their midst. They, they liked having Jesus with them. They, they liked following him. They liked that Jesus was there to instruct them every step of the way. They, they liked that. There was security there. There was, comf- there was comfort there. They liked the way church was operating at that time. Now Jesus says, oh, no, no, a shift is coming. And the shift is about to hit the fan. But don't be filled with grief over it. No, no, no. But instead be filled with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit, because it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. Listen, this shift is going to be to your advantage. Where the church is shifting to, it will be to your advantage if you receive and believe it. I promise you, it will be to your advantage. In Isaiah chapter 43, God looks at his people and he says this. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And John, in the gospel of John, Jesus, he says it, he says it this way. He says, the one that is filled with the Holy Spirit from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water that out of him and within him, there will be a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's talking about the Holy Spirit is what it says. Forget the former things. Forget how we, we, we've done it up to this point. Don't even consider, don't even consider it. Don't hold on, literally God's like, don't hold on to how I moved, hold on to me. Don't be attached to the way that I move, instead be attached attached to me. Don't be focused on the way that I moved before, instead focus your eyes on me. Church, we must be a people who are open to the new move of God. Not like those in the Old Testament that missed the new move of God open to how he's going to move in our midst, asking him to reveal it to us and cause our hearts to be softened to whatever he's trying to do. Not concerned with how he did it before, asking him, let us see how you're doing it now. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 10, just to be honest, we don't read Leviticus often. I usually skip over it in the Bible plans, the reading Bible plans for the year. I'm like, eh, we'll go to the next, the next book, but I have read it a couple of times. Leviticus 26, verse 10, this is what God says. He says, clear out the old, Clear out the old things to make way for the new things. Clear out the old to make way for the new. We got to clear it out. Clear our heart out. Clear our spirit out. Clear what we're focused on and focus on him. You know, the writer of Hebrews, and I'm, 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 I'm landing this plane really soon, I promise you. You guys still with me? The writer of Hebrews says it this way. He says to the, to the church that he's writing to, the people group he's writing to, He says, because you were looking for God to look like the law, you missed him when he came as grace. Oh, boy, that's a hurt piece. You were looking for him to look like what he used to look like. That's how you were looking for him. But you missed him because he looked differently than before. God was showing up for his people again. I see you do it again. He was doing it again. But instead of the law, he was coming in grace. He showed up differently. They didn't clear out 
the old to make way for the new. And so they miss grace focused on the law. Super sad. See, we've got to forget the former things. Consider not the things of old and clear out and make way for the new. See, he's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That's, that's who you are. I think you've dealt with me singing enough today. I'll spare you. That's who, that's just who he is. That's who he is. But the way he does it, listen to me. He will make a way when there seems to be no way in your life. I promise you that. If you are right now and you're up against a wall, God will make a way if you trust him. I'm telling you, if you need a miracle in your life, he's a miracle worker. He will give you the miracle. He's a promise keeper. All the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. All of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. That's who he is. But how he does it is up to him, not up to you. It's not up to you. It's up to him how he does it. When the shift hits the fan, man, are we going to allow it to toss us to and fro like a wave in the ocean? Or are we going to allow it to blow, blow us closer to Jesus? Because that's what the move's about, taking us closer to him. See, the reason Jesus said it's to your advantage is because it was very, very simple. It was better for them. They didn't realize that, but he knew what they didn't know. He knew that by him leaving, the Holy Spirit was going to fill them, that the very power of God, each and every one of them, would be able to operate in the power, miracle-working power of God. Church, the shift has hit the fan. Now, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Are, are, Are we going to oppose it? Just to find ourselves opposing what God's trying to do? Are we going to do that? Or are we going to be open and receive it and ask God to reveal it to us? And in return, by doing that, Allow Joel chapter two promise to come to pass in our midst and on us, not on other people, on us. Hallelujah. Recognizing that the spirit of God on our own lives, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, declares the Lord. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. The shift has hit the fan. What are we going to do with it? If you think about the church of Corinth, when that shift hit the fan in that church, The people, Paul encouraged the people, be open to it. And they had to deal with the tension, this tension of the Holy Spirit that came in their midst. They had to deal with things not looking like it used to look. They had to be open to things that that before they weren't really open to. They had to. They had to deal with the tension of the Holy Spirit. But but do you know what else they had to deal with? They also had to, to be open to teaching the teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how to operate as a body of believers in the gifts that God has sent us. That's what the book of Corinth is all about. Corinthians, it's, it's, it's what it's about, the church of Corinth. God pours out his spirit. Paul encourages them, be open, receive it, operate, be grateful for it, desire the gifts. However, do it the way that God desires you to do it. Allow, allow your church body to help disciple you and to take you through it. See, we've got to operate in the gifts, but operate the way God wants us to operate in them. We've got to deal with this tension during the shift. Because listen to me, it's so important. Because hear me, your spiritual growth, my spiritual growth, will be determined by how well we handle the tension in the middle of the shift. 
Tension always causes growth. Think about weightlifting. The more tension you put on your muscles, the stronger you get, the bigger you get. It's the same thing with the Lord. He puts more on us. Tension. He's pulling. He's pulling to cause us to grow in him. I'm telling you, it's, it's an exciting time to be at CWC. And it's about to get even more exciting in Jesus' name. It's about to get more exciting. Because the shift has already, already begun. And, and does anybody know what happens when you throw something and gets a fan? It spreads. It just, you got no control over where it goes. Hallelujah. So you, so you hit it and the fan just blows it where it wants to blow it. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do in this place. Man, it's just going to hop all over us. Light us on fire for Jesus. Have the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing on us. And taking us to, to levels with God we never thought possible. The glory of God continuing to go deeper and, and deeper and deeper. Go ahead and stand to your feet. What are we going to do now that the shift has hit the fan? We opened up talking about when the shift hits the fan. What are you going to do now that it has hit the fan? We're going to allow God to fill us. Ask God to teach us about it have the tension in the middle of it and then allow the tension to grow us closer and closer to one another as a family or allow it to separate us. That's up to us. It's up to us. And Father, I thank you right now for this word. God, I thank you for it. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. We thank you that you desire to fill us with the power of God to guide us into all truth, to go after Jesus like never before. And Lord, I pray right now as the worship team begins to, to play. God, I, I pray right now that your spirit would begin to soften hearts. Right now, open eyes to see the move that you're bringing, God. Help us to see it. Help us to perceive it. Remembering not the former things, nor considering the things of old. Because behold, you're doing a new thing. It is, it is springing forth. Lord, help us to perceive it. I pray that. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, I lift up every heart in this place. For those that are far from God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you draw them in. I pray that. That right now their life is disorderly. I pray, God, and it's chaotic. I pray, God, that you would bring your peace and your order in their life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I pray those that are struggling with addictions in this room right now, that by the power of God, they would be removed in Jesus' name. That, God, you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and that addiction would have to come out of them because the only thing in them would be your power and your person and your presence in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that right now. God, we pray for healings to take place in this place. Hallelujah. Healings, 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 healings. Lord, take us from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory with you, I pray. Help us to perceive it. Come on, in Jesus' name. And everybody said.